Welcome to the Picture of Wealth, a podcast all about living more of your life now, yet being responsible for your future. Lifestyle experimenter, wealth scientist, and financial coach Dustin Service shares life hacks, wealth tips, and interviews successful entrepreneurs on how they're thriving in happiness, purpose, and prosperity. This was an exciting episode with Natalie Plamondon Thomas, and she is an international best-selling author of eight different books author of nearly 16 books, but speaks on the, the topic of confidence and giving yourself clarity in, I'll say, uncertain times. And again, she spoke to you know hundreds of thousands of audience members and was a fitness industry expert and now has uh, you know, parlayed to be an uh, international advocate in her space inspiring many people on the topic of wellness and empowerment. She has a proven system to get transformational results uh, for her clients and is happy to share those on the podcast, uh, needing to make money, needing to lose weight, needing to find clarity in my life, marriage. Uh, She's a one-on-one coach, business mentor, has a number of online courses, and really focuses on helping people get rid of their negative self-talk and you know, she has 10 years of experience in human resources, 25 years of experience in sales, and over 30 years in the fitness industry. And again, she was fitness instructor of the year in, in Canada for 2007. And most recently in 2021, she was awarded the Canadian Presenter of the Year Award. I can't wait to share our conversation with you. Natalie, thanks a lot for being on the show today. I'm excited to see where this goes. Confidence in wealth and confidence in life definitely go hand in hand. So back us up to where does this come from? Where is this natural born passion or is it, you know, is it something you've created to help people with getting more confidence in their life? So I guess this whole concept of negative self-talk has always interested me. Like, you know, how we don't walk around and tell our friends oh hey oh you look fat in these jeans or you know like we don't <laughs> talk to them like that we don't say oh you're starting a business it's never going to work you're not good enough like we don't we don't tell that to them but we trash talk ourselves all the time right like like who would want to be your friend if you talk to them the same way you talk to yourself so what brought me into this whole thing I'll take you back about 12 years ago. I was starting my speaking business and I needed a video done. So we, I hired a videographer. We had three cameras, like one for the wide angle, one for the close up, and then one behind me from the back to see the large audience. But the problem, Dustin, is that <laughs> there was only 20 people in the room. <laughs> so <laughs> yep. we kept asking them to move from one section to another so that <laughs> when we would put all the segments together, it would look like there was a large audience. And that worked. This video got me a speaking engagement. So I remember I got a call from an organization wanted me to train their sales force. And they asked for my rate. I didn't have a corporate rate. So I go, um 250 so then they say okay so for the four hours there would be a thousand and i go i meant 250 for the whole thing right so i go yeah. uh yes that's correct a thousand dollars and then i hang up the phone and i got the contract and then i realized oh i got the contract the truth is i should have felt excited but i wasn't at all I remember sitting in my office that day feeling like a fraud. 
I was hearing this voice in my head telling me, you're not a real professional speaker. You don't deserve a thousand dollar paycheck for an afternoon. See the video I had made to make the audience look bigger than it was. And, and my made up corporate rate, none of it was real. I was just trying to look more than I really was because somehow just me was not enough. Right. So, and I'm not the only one like this. Uh, people do have lack of self-confidence. Like research show that 85% of people lack of self-confidence in at least one area of their life. Negative self-talk is real. It's happening to everybody. And while in my case, it was true because the voice was telling me, what? You want to become a speaker like in English? You don't even speak English. I'm French from Quebec, right? <laughs> and then and then it would say, you want to write books in English? Are you nuts, right? And my English was really bad. Oh my gosh, it was so bad. I remember when uh, I was teaching yoga and then, you know, at the end of a yoga class, you're all laying down for the relaxation. And I wanted, them pe I wanted people to relax their body, relax their face and to let them open their jaw. I wanted them to put their tongue on the roof of their mouth. So I said, put your thong behind your tits. And then everybody started to laugh. And I didn't know why, because apparently I was not pronouncing the word teeth very well, but yeah. whatever. So the voice in my case was right. But I, I, still, I still remember sitting in that office thinking, I have to do something about this. This is not going to happen. This voice has got to go. How do I do that? And then it started the, the journey. And I spent the last decade studying neuroscience, trying to figure out a way to reprogram that voice inside my head that was telling me that I was not good enough, that all these limiting beliefs that I would always live paycheck to paycheck, that I was not, um, I was not good at speaking English and I could never do that. So I created a system. That's the system I shared in my eight international number one bestsellers. That's the system that's the base of all my online courses, the system I share with my one-on-one -on -one clients and that I speak on the stages around the world and in corporations to transform the, 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 the culture one person at a time from inside each employee's head. So that's, that's how really uh, the whole journey started. Well, it's, I think it definitely something that many people can appreciate. And like, I think I have a vision of what neuroscience is, but maybe unpack that for a few of us, because, you know, again, this is a wealth and lifestyle podcast. I can see parallels with, you know, I could never have that blank. I could never go on that trip blank. Um, you know, I should be saving more. I shouldn't be spending is something that we're very passionate about. And so help us understand what is neuroscience? So if we do a quick little brain 101, um, I'll talk about a few parts of the brain. And, and you are right. These limiting beliefs that you mentioned are real, along with many others, like uh, you have to work hard for your money. Money doesn't grow on trees. If you make more money, you spend more money. So you will always live paycheck to paycheck. A lot of people believe all these things, right? But when you think about it, it's not true. If you make more money, you have more money. Yeah. You know, like, like, like why? Like, it's just passed on from generation to generation. It just uh, snowballed into something that everybody believes. So we have to understand how the brain works in order to be able to break it down. So I'll talk about two parts of the brain. 
So first, there's the logical mind, and then there's the unconscious mind. So let's talk about the logical mind. The logical mind can handle five to nine pieces of information at a time. That's cool. You can multitask, and we do, right? I bet you have went on a phone meeting as you are grocery shopping at the same time, you know, with your earphones. And at the same time, you keep your son from falling off the cart and you still notice the guy in blue winking at the girl in the seafood department. Like you can do all that at the same time. Like we multitask all the time. Now, have you ever noticed, let's say you're driving to a new address. So the windows are down, the music is on, it's a beautiful day. And as you get closer to that new address, you slow down and you start looking at the numbers on the houses. Dustin, have you ever caught yourself having to lower the volume on the radio? I can't say I have, but I'll I'll recognize it next time. (laughs) Right? Because, and it's interesting because a lot of people have to lower the volume on the radio when they're driving, when they have to pay attention to suddenly to a new thing, because you have the foot on the brake, the foot on the accelerator, the red light ahead, the kid that's about to cross the street, there's a lady that might cut you off. And then there's the dude in the car next to you winking at you gross so as you add looking at the numbers on the houses the music becomes the one too many so so really five to nine pieces of information is not that great after all and 70 percent of the words we hear through that logical mind are negative so the logical mind is not that great after all and living at a logical level is like this you're always trying to catch up so you're you're working hard and you have your goal and you want to build your wealth. You want to find financial freedom. You want to, to make a good living, provide for your children. And, and you maybe you're building a business, maybe um, whatever it is that, that is your goal. You're working really hard and then you get up at five and then you do your meditation and then you accept clients until 10 p.m. You still have to take your kids to school and sport in between your meetings. And, oh, you have to start a podcast and you need an account on Clubhouse now. And then, oh, you have to post on social media. And you're, you are working really, really hard, but you're exhausted. You still live paycheck to paycheck and you wonder what, like, is that it? That's my dream. You feel like you're getting further and further and further away from your dream life. It is like you're trying to go to Halifax, but you're in an aircraft that's flying to Vancouver. You can work as hard as you possibly can, but the aircraft is exponentially so much more powerful and fast that you're never going to get there if you stay in that aircraft that's going in the opposite direction. So a lot of people come to me and they say, how do I get off that plane? (laughs) Tell Mm -hmm. me, how do I get off that plane? And I say, don't stay on that plane, but talk to the pilot. And say, hey, bud, do you mind turning around? That's where I'm going. I can imagine how much faster you will get there once the pilot is on board. So somehow, when you tap into the unconscious mind, that pilot, that's the other part of the brain that I'm very excited about. That's your unconscious mind. That's handling 2.3 million pieces of information every second. I will repeat that. The logical mind, five to nine. The unconscious mind, 2.3 million pieces of information every second. That's where the power is. And that's what we want to be able to tap into. Does that make sense? 100%. I, uh, so is there anything you can entice the pilot with? Or is there, you know, is there anything? A bribe? Can, yeah, well, 
I just think getting, and I, we see it in wealth management, getting people to see a different light, go a different direction, uh, all the logical things put in front of them. It's that first step that's the hardest. So, you know, and I use that metaphor of tapping the pilot on the shoulder, or maybe he's a scotch guy and you give him a scotch or whatever it is. But what is a big catalyst outside of a health event or something that forcing someone, someone who's a business-minded person, an achiever that recognizes like, I, I, I want to make a change. I need to get action. I'm just so busy. But what is there a, a couple of things to do that are small steps to get that snowball rolling? A hundred percent. And we don't need to have been in a house on fire in order to make a change in our life or to have a cardiac arrest and say, okay, that's it. I'm changing my life. Um, as long as you become aware of how it works. So I'll tell you what happens in your brain and what to start changing right away. And I'll use the analogy of a personal assistant. So this pilot is that unconscious mind that's the most astonishing and complex structure in the universe. Asleep or awake, it controls every moment of your life. It knows everything. It is the most powerful structure in the universe, the brain, right? And you have access into this and you have to picture that there is a personal assistant in your head at all times, standing with a notepad, writing down everything that you say or think and makes it happen. The problem is people wake up in the morning, they look at themselves in the mirror and they say, I'm so tired. I'm so stressed out. I think I'm getting weight. So then your personal assistant writes it down. Tired, stressed out, gaining weight. I got this. Perfect. I'm going to make this happen. Tired. Um, oh, I'm going to make her stay awake all night worrying about money. Oh, that's going to be, she's going to be super tired in the morning if she doesn't sleep. Perfect. Check. Stressed out. Oh, I know. I'm going to make her buy something she can't afford. <laughs> that's going to be really stressful. Check. Gaining weight. Oh, that's an easy one. I can find a chocolate bar, something deep fried for her to eat today. And if all fails, more wine tonight. Check. So your personal assistant is listening constantly to everything that you say or think and makes it happen. So it's very important that you tell your personal assistant what you want, not what you don't want. And a lot of my clients do that. They come to me and they say, Natalie, I don't want to, I don't want to rush everywhere anymore anymore. I don't want to be stressed. I don't want to be impatient with my kids and I don't want to be broke. So then the personal assistant's like, I got this, stress, rush, impatient, broke, perfect. Like if you if you hire a contractor to paint your kitchen and you say, I would like you to paint my kitchen not blue. Huh? What? Yeah. Like your, con your contractor is going to be confused. He's not going to what, know what you want. Then he's going to build the kitchen. And when it's time to paint, the staff's going to be like, oh, which color did she say she wanted? Um, oh, yeah, she said something about blue. Okay, perfect, blue. There you go, right? So we have to start paying attention to our own thoughts and what we say. So start saying what you want. Start today. And I'll give you a really cool technique to do that. You've heard more likely of affirmations before, right? right. When people are doing affirmations and, um, well, I'm sorry to say this, but affirmations don't work if you don't believe them. So see, your personal assistant is very, very, very powerful. And it listens to what you say. However, if there's too big of a disconnect, your personal assistant's going to be like, no, we're not. Like if I work with the Think Yourself Thin program with clients that are um, highly overweight, it's not going to work for me to say, okay, 
look at yourself in the mirror, smile and say, I am thin. Because your personal assistant's like, oh, no, we're not. <laughs> or with the Think Yourself Wealthy program, with clients that are in deep financial problems. I can't just say, okay, put your hands on your hips. Repeat after me. I am rich. Because your brain is like, uh, no, we're not. Um, okay, she must be watching a vampire movie. Vampires don't exist. I'm not writing this down. She's not talking to me. So here's the two-step technique. The first step is to repeat what you heard in the past. So let's say that you, you hear yourself say, oh, gosh, I'm always broke. And then you just realize because you were on Dustin's podcast and then you had this guest girl that could hardly speak English that told that you had a personal assistant in your head. And now you're like, what did I just do? I just told my personal assistant to be broke. Wait, don't write this down. What, what can I do? What can I do? So then you repeat it in the past. I used to think I was always broke. I used to be always broke. That's the first step. So now your personal assistant is like, oh, yeah, broke. I've got this on my list right here. She's talking to me. Yeah, so wait, why are we talking about this in the past? Are we done with this? Like, do I scratch this? What do I do? And then immediately you follow up with step two. The step two is a progressive statement. A progressive statement starts with, I am willing to learn or I'm in the process of. So your personal assistant will hear, oh, gosh, I'm so stressed out. Wait. I used to be stressed out all the time. Now I'm willing to learn how to build a balanced life. I used to be broke all the time. Now I'm in the process of working with Justin and he's teaching me on how to get ahead of my finances. Now I'm working on this. Now I'm learning. I'm willing to learn how to gain financial confidence. Now I'm willing to learn how to live within my means. I'm willing to learn how it feels to so fill in the blanks. So step number one, I used to. So whether it's with anything, like I've, I've helped people um, that have a trauma regarding flying, that they're afraid or they have um, different phobias or um, that have a hard sleep. How many people don't get a good sleep, right? I just did a full sleep series uh, as a blog because too many people don't sleep well and they say oh I'm a light sleeper oh I can't sleep I, I don't sleep well and so you have to start saying I used to be a bad sleeper and now I'm willing to learn how it feels to wake up in the morning rejuvenate rejuvenated and and feeling amazing and I used I'm willing to learn how it feels to sleep through the night and then your personal assistant is going to write that all down and and it's going to work for it going to make it happen. It's going to keep you from maybe eating before you go to bed or from drinking so much coffee or from whatever it is. Your personal system is very powerful and it's going to make sure that um, you are doing what's on the list, that you make it happen. Thank you for that. that uh, that's a, a good segue to uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, and maybe it's, it's in your realm or maybe it's not, but the, the negative bias that uh, I just finished a, a good book called Humankind. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, but you know, the author, the premise of the book is, is maybe things aren't as they look. And, uh, and he's got a more positive spin on the world we live in instead of this negativity bias that we've all sort of come to, uh, you know, and, and I had it recently yesterday, I, I had a, met a client, wealthy, you know, wealthy person says, well, the market's obviously, you know, it's going to crash. And okay, and I didn't have time to unpack it or ask him more questions, but I drove away thinking, and I, I'm 
I'm an optimistic person, also realistic and been in the market for 16 years and understand how things work. But the market over 100 years has gone up and to the right over the long term. So we have been at highs before, but it seems like maybe it's due to COVID, maybe it's just the evolution of, of society, but people naturally want to say the negative. They naturally want to say that. And I've heard the market's going to crash for like the last five years. So people just keep <laughs> saying it. And then may maybe it does happen at some point. And so then, th then they're right. But it's like they've missed that five years of growth to get here. And then it crashed, but it doesn't actually go below where it was five years ago. So help, help us understand or to recognize in ourselves. And it's along, I think, the same self-talk vein of like, we don't have to accept our mind's thoughts as the truth. Absolutely. Um, what we need to do is pay attention to what follows the market is going to crash. That is a fact. That is, uh, that is something that happens to the whole world, even if we wanted to say, oh, there's no pandemic. What are you talking about? COVID. Well, <laughs> you know, like... Uh, it's happening globally. And if the market crash, that will happen globally. So what will you say about this in your head right after you say that? So if you say the market is going to crash and you say, well, if it does, I am going to lose everything. It's going to be a catastrophe. Life will suck. And oh my gosh, it's going to be terrible. And I... I'm such a shopaholic and it's going to be a nightmare. I won't be able to retire. I hate my job. Oh gosh, I'm going to have to do another 10 years. It's like you can go down that route or you can say, okay, maybe the market's going to crash. If it does, well, I'm fully equipped. I have some savings. I have um, created a profile that suits my age. Because depending on how old you are, you do a certain level of risk with your investment. And you can say, well, I'm young enough that if it does, it's going to have time to go back up anyway, after, you know, before I need my investments to retire with. Um, I'm taking the precautions with my financial advisor. I'm talking to a professional so that they know what they're doing. And, and of course, if something happens globally that we cannot control, then I will continue to sleep tight because I know that if the whole world is involved, then somehow there will be solutions that will be provided. And I can mm -hmm. trust that I will be okay. Like there's different ways. Just like when, um, you know, when you're on a diet and then you have a cookie, right? And then you're like, oh, gosh. I just had a cookie. Well, of course I had a cookie. I have zero willpower. I'm sucks. And I, I totally like, I'm terrible. And well, I might have another one now. I'm going to eat the whole box. Like, why not? Why bother? Right. Oh, now I'm going to go for a burger and fries because my day is ruined anyway. And, and after I'm going to have a chocolate cake. I'm going to buy the whole cake actually and eat it all just because you had a cookie and you make it so much work, so much worse. It's like you, you step on your phone, like there's a little tiny crack at the corner of your screen and you'll say, oh no, there's a crack on the corner of my screen. Well, okay, then you throw it on the floor and you start stomping on it and you finish it off because it's ruined anyway. Well, that, that it's not. Of course, 
if the market crash, that's a crack at the top of your phone. What are you going to do? Are you going to start stomping on your phone to make it worse? And or are you going like what? Or you can say, I just had a cookie. Mm, it was darn good. I loved it. It totally satisfied my little craving that I had. And now I'm back on track because I'm a healthy person and I don't eat that stuff. Like I eat healthy. I actually crave healthy food and healthy food actually tastes really good for me. So this was a one-off and, and I'm good. I'm back on track right now. It's very different dialogue. You're not, you're not give, calling you names as you're such a so-and-so because you, you had a cookie <laughs> and, and you're bad and you have no willpower and you're this and you're that. You just say, I am a very healthy person. And you know what? Or if you are not, if you are or used to be, you use the two-step technique. Well, I used to think that when I had a cookie, I had to eat the whole box. Now I'm willing to learn how it feels to have one, satisfy my craving, and then turn. I'm willing to learn how healthy food tastes. I'm, I'm willing to learn how uh, I can start liking to eat an apple and be satisfied with with the sweet the sweetness of an apple or or strawberries or right. So you just it's what happens after the the market is going to crash in your head that matters. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a big thing. And uh, in 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 neuroscience, I don't know if you studied this, but is influence of your environment and your surroundings does that have an impact? And what can people do to you know, not insulate themselves, but digest the information. In this day and age, it's it's social media, it's pandemic, it's market, it's blah, 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 everything. And if you take it literally, it will ruin your mental health. So uh, I think of media and I think of your friend circle. And and especially with the pandemic, it's hard with, with you know, varying views of things. But But how does someone sift that? Because it does impact their lifestyle. It does impact their happiness. It does impact their wealth because there are opportunities to invest. There are opportunities to do great things still now. And you might be missing them based on your influences and your beliefs. So can you unpack that? Yes, absolutely. Um, it is actually the first layer of a person's brain. It's the base of everything, the environment. So the environment um, is is where you live. It's the stuff around you. It's the social media. It's what you see. It's the people around you as well. And we are very influenced by that. We are the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So that's very interesting. Um, so that means if you make a list of the five people you spend the most time with, are they lifting up your average? Or are they lowering yours? Are you lifting up theirs? Like what, what's the deal here? So try to try to see who you choose to spend your time with. That's very important. And what you choose to see on your social media, because we all know the, algor the algorithms, how they work, is if you like something once, then the platform will start pushing on your feed that thing that you liked, anything that's connected to that, that could have the same hashtags or the same topic or the same. So if you, if you like something once, 
the algorithm will start bringing you more. And it's kind of the same thing in life, like this whole law of attraction or um, that whole personal assistant I was talking about. So whatever is on the list is what you will get more of. Like if you've convinced that the whole world is there to get you, when somebody does something nice for you, you're going to say, ha, bastard, I think they're trying to get me. And then, well, no, they're just doing something nice for you. (laughs) But we start seeing like everybody's there to get us. So I'll show you quickly the um, the six layers of the brain. So the environment is the first one. And when we work through the DNA system, um, and I won't go through the whole thing now, um, I'm just showing you how the environment, these six layers are according to Robert Dilt's research. Um, they are the six neurological le- levels. So yes, we need to work on our environment. It's very important. It's the people around us. It's all your stuff. It's the things that you think that you need or not. Uh, Some things are are needs. Some things are wants, right? We understand that um, there's a big difference between what we buy. Um, There's the people around us. This is all part of the environment. The behaviors are the thing that we do. So brush our teeth, eat, walk, drive, go to work. Um, And the skills are the thing we're good at. So for me, when I um, when I put some money in the bank, it's a behavior because I'm I'm not a specialist. When Dustin, you put some money in the bank or in some fund for a client, that's a skill because you're really good at that. Like it goes to the next level, and and sometimes we have uh, skills that we're really good at. And when we do stuff that we're really good at, it makes us feel really good as well. It makes us grow into our whole our own uh, self and we're, we're honing who we are, we get closer and closer to uh, the, what really matters. So the beliefs and the values, the values are what's important to you. So you live through what's important to you. Your beliefs are the things that you believe are true. And a lot of people have limiting belief, like money doesn't grow on, on trees. And when you live paycheck, you when you spend more money, when you, you make more money, you spend more money and you always live paycheck to paycheck. So that's a limiting belief right there. Then there's your identity. That's who you are. That's everything that follows the I am. When you say I am. So I am not good enough. A lot of people say that. I am broke. I am a shopaholic, right? Or if you have in your identity a problem or in your beliefs and value you have a problem you can't fix these problems with another layer you have to fix the problem where it belongs if somebody believes i am not good enough they can't fix the identity problem buying an expensive car that's an environmental solution or designer shoes it's not going to work if they have a belief that they will always live paycheck to paycheck. It's not by working with a skilled financial advisor that's going to work. I'm sorry about that. You have to fix the problem where it belongs because there's no work that you can do. There's no behavior you can take that will fix the belief. Fix the belief. That's what is the problem. You need to fix the identity problem. And when when you love who you are and your beliefs are serving you and you do things that are important to you, your values, and you're doing things that you're good at in an environment that supports you, that brings you up, that's when you can reach your life purpose. You're, that's where 
you are going beyond yourself. Who else are you serving? What's your purpose? Who is benefiting from you being so together, like to have everything aligned? Then who else are you serving? It's not about you anymore. It's your why. Why are you here? Why are you doing everything that you're doing? It's usually beyond yourself. So these are, so I juxtapose the DNA system on the Robert Diltz neurological level. And at each layer, the desire on you actualize, we are really targeting every single one. So when you say a long story short for your question, what do we do with this environment? We have to look at the environment and say, what is supporting me in my environment? What needs to go? So, so have a look and, and ask yourself also, what is the environment of the people around me that are successful? So those who have succeeded in what I want to accomplish, what is their environment? And then you copy it. You say, what would they do? What's the behavior of people that are financially confident? What's their skill? What are they good at? What's their belief? Just the same way that, um, you know, the uh, the swimmer, Michael Phelps, right? Um, a lot of other countries have studied him and, and they looked at, at those first three layers. They said, okay, what environment is Michael Phelps swimming in? So what's the temperature of the pool? The pool? What kind of spandex is he wearing? What's his behavior? Exactly when does his hand touches the water when he rotates? What's his skills? What is he really good at? Is it when he turns at the end, or is it in the last acceleration that he wins the race? What's exactly is his skill that makes him that great? What's his beliefs and value is where they stop? Because what they did is that they look at the first three layers. They try to copy that, but it's not enough. They needed to go in his head. What does he believe when he's standing just about to get in the pool? He believes he's going to win. When he says, I am, his identity level, I am the fastest swimmer in the world. And what's his purpose? Why is he doing this? Because that drives everything. Maybe he wants to inspire his son. Maybe he wants to inspire younger athletes. We don't know. But we need to look at these three main layers because that's where it makes the most, diff the most difference. And we need to figure out where the problem is. So when you look at your clients' portfolios or, or clients that have problems with financial confidence, identify where the problem is. If it's a skill, they're just not good at investing, you can fix that. If it's a belief, you fix it with belief. If it's just environment, because they are too addicted to stuff <laughs> that they yeah. don't need, then you fix that. So you have to look at what, where is the problem and fix it there. If it makes well, sense. You, you bring up, I, I think, a good kind of closing story. I've had a client for about uh, almost 10 years when they came to me that was maybe invested, uh, you know, maybe a million two, and now they're maybe up to eight million. So they've had a great run, great business. They're still the same person and the same thoughts and comments, and they live the same life. They've, you know, had a, you know, wealthy stuff before, and now they've got more stuff and different stuff. But they necessarily, and most listeners of this podcast are business owners. So at some point, they're going to be faced with, should I sell or not? And the retirement belief of like, well, if I have the most money or more money than the average person, then when I retire, I'll be more happy. 
than the average person is something that, again, I think is touted by the financial industry and people have bought into. But how how do you see helping people almost live happy now? Uh, and I know that's, that's a big question, but we often say in our mantras, help people live more of their life now, yet be responsible for their future. So if we can lay out a rough plan that says, you're, you know, every month you're doing something responsible, check, check, check. If there's money left over, purposely spend it. And usually they'll say, well, I didn't get here like that. I save everything and I, I hoard it because that's what my parents did. And that's what I think we should do. So if you've got any sort of closing comments on how to open people's mind, stretch their mind to not waiting for the future and start educating themselves or what resources could they do to, to start talking a different story inside their head? There's, um, there's a lot we can learn um, from children. And I've learned a big lesson about money. Um, I, I'm very good at making money. I make a lot of money and I've always been really good at spending it too. <laughs> <laughs> and until I, uh, I started to uh, look beyond us here and I started to do some work in Haiti. So I'll tell you a, a, um, a bit of a, a story that might help see things in perspective. Um, so I don't have to tell you that Haiti is the one of the poorest countries in the world. Right now, it's not going really well. Uh, the teams can't go, actually, right now. It's really dangerous. So um, nobody's going. Uh, but we have teams already there. So the locals are running the orphanage and the schools. There's six different schools and, and a big orphanage. So one night, I'm sitting in the courtyard. And I'm teaching them the circle of, excell of excellence. So the kids love that. They love to learn. They're always listening. So the circle of excellence is, you know, you draw an imaginary circle on the ground. You, When you don't feel good, you step into it. You power pose and it makes you feel better. So I'm teaching them that technique and they're listening. And Angelina asks, huh, okay, I get the circle. When do we get in the circle again? When do we go there? I said, well, you know, when, when you don't feel good, when you're not happy. So she thinks about it. Huh. Aren't we happy all the time? So I'm like, oh, oh, I'm just about to cry. I don't know what to say. And I'm like, well, you know, like, oh, don't worry about this technique. You guys don't need this here. This is just for us in Canada. You know, when we're not happy, we do this, but you don't need this. Yeah, not my favorite, most proud moment, but that's what I came up with in the, in the instant. So Juvencely, one of the, tw the twin brothers, grabs my hand and he said, what? You're not happy in Canada? You have everything in Canada. And by this time, I'm bawling. Yeah. So he thinks I'm bawling because I'm not happy. So he gives me a big hug and all the kids come to console me because <laughs> poor me, I'm not happy in Canada. Yeah. So if these little human beings that have nothing can be happy all the time, I think we're going to be okay. It's understanding that happiness doesn't come from stuff or wealth. We can enjoy our life without an expensive price tag all the time. There are things that don't have to 
cost, there are some activities, there's some experiences you can live without the price tag. You can be happy. It's not connected to stuff. So when you go through your environment, look at, is there anything that can go? Like, honestly, I have changed how I see things. I, I'm sponsoring a lot of kids now. And Yuri, one of my sponsor child, um, has completely changed um, since he, he joined, he joined, didn't join the orphanage. You don't choose that. Um, and his mom is actually alive. She just decided that at least they would have a meal every day and she abandoned her son. So this is powerful when you think that because she does not have money, she can't feed her child. She decides that he's better off without her. That's really powerful. And, and Yuri is costing me $30 per month. It's nothing. So now I've started to, and with 30 bucks, they get a uniform, they get a meal every day, they get sometimes a hard-boiled egg or extra protein a couple times a month, and they get a sheet for their bed. And and they're happy. So mm. somehow we have to understand the value of money. And I do understand the value of money. And I do continue to make a lot of, of money because it's my duty to be stinky rich so that I can do great things with it. And I start mm. to think in, in children instead of thinking in money. So if I want a pair of boots that's $90, it's three children. Because for 30 bucks, I can provide all that. So all mm. of a sudden, it really changes the way you see life and you see things. How many mouths can you feed with, with this Louis Vuitton purse? You know? <laughs> yeah. So So there's a lot of... There, there's a lot of uh, it's it's a it's a fine line, and understanding that stuff does not bring us happiness, mm, not necessarily really. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I, hopefully it kind of helps. No, that's a, I think that's a great uh, closing story to just get us grounded back to wealth and uh, and I, I I sincerely appreciate all that you've shared. I know there's a number of nuggets and uh, people will probably want to get in touch with you somehow, or at least engage with your content. So where are people going to find your stuff? So you can go to thinkyourself.com slash schedule to book a free 15 minute call with me just to see uh, if we can tweak a little something, a lot can happen in 15 minutes. So mm -hmm. go to thinkyourself.com slash schedule. Um, we can have a free virtual coffee just to have a quick chat. You can also download my confidence guide. So I have a confidence guide. So uh, go to thinkyourself.com slash confidence guide if you want to download that. Um, you know, the two-step technique I gave you is one of the um, 15 keys for confidence. So you can do that or just go to thinkyourself.com and um, use the contact uh, there, the contact info in order to, uh, to get in touch with me. I'll be happy to have a chat. And how many sub-brands of Think Yourself do you have? I have 16. So okay. Think Yourself Positive, Positive is the children, uh, children's program, The Adventures of Captain Vic, um, where the little parrot in the head is uh, kind of replacing the personal assistant. So we have 27 animations uh, for, for kids to understand the power of their own brain. It's a self-esteem and perseverance program. 
Um, and then I've got, of course, coming from the fitness industry, think yourself thin, think yourself healthy, think yourself clean from the inside out. Um, in the business side, think yourself successful. Um, think yourself a business pro, think yourself a marketing pro, think yourself a tech pro. Um, there's so many limiting beliefs that we have around technology, right? Especially in mm -hmm. the past few years. I'm so bad with technology, right? Everybody yeah. said that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and then there's the uh, financial work with the Think Yourself Wealthy. So I have a series on wealth as well, uh, ditch to debt and investment and uh, a lot of different things. Um, and um, yeah, I think I've mentioned most of it. And of course, the signature course, Think Yourself Confident, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Natalie. I, uh, I really appreciate it. I'm sure that there'll be uh, lots we can riff on in other episodes. So I'll. Look forward to that. Thank you. If you found this episode valuable, share it with a friend. If you found this episode super valuable, leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us continue to bring you top quality content. For more information on anything discussed on this show, visit www.servicewealth.com. That's service spelled S-E-R-V-I-S-S. Any investment topics covered on the show are not investment recommendations, and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. This show was produced by Podigy Podcasts. Thanks for listening.